Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Welcome back to Still Growing in Grace. I'm so glad you took time to tune in again this week. We are right in the middle of a series called Healing Life's Hurts Through Understanding Forgiveness. And this series is designed to help us understand not only that we have been forgiven, but how do we forgive those around us, even those impossible people that uh, have hurt us so deeply and we in our minds say there's no way I could ever forgive them. How do we walk through that? Well, I've got good news. I think there's a way you can forgive them without having to worry about re-entering unhealthy relationships. Uh, if you if you want the sneak peek at this, the short answer is forgiveness is really between you and your Heavenly Father. That's what happens. Can it affect the other person? Absolutely. But it is for you. But today, we're going to wrap up uh, a very important section of this series on a case for being forgiven already. The last two weeks, I've laid a very, very heavy and solid foundation showing us from Scripture that we have been forgiven already. And it's so important for us to know that. Go back and watch the YouTube videos or listen to the podcasts. Uh, if you want to rehear this, go to growingingrace.com for more and to re-listen to something. I may even have said something that I've shocked you and you'll go, did he really say that? Wait a minute, what was that scripture? Go online and re-listen to the shows there. Uh, that's why I'm recording them like this because I think the content is so important. So let's get into this. Uh, last time we ended up talking about the Old Covenant law and how uh, forgiveness was viewed from the Old Covenant where it was uh, forgiven was given by faith to Abraham, it says in Galatians. Um, Moses had a uh, mentality, eye for an eye, um, kind of thinking, you know, there, there was a lot of really tough Old Testament things uh, that are hard to swallow. You think, why is there such a difference between those two covenants, those two Old Testament and New Testament? Well, let me tell you, the New Testament, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John still fall under the timeline. If you're going to look at a time and space moment when the New Covenant started at the cross, if you're going to go timeline, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all happened before the cross. Jesus is speaking to an old covenant group. He's the last old covenant teacher. And then he himself ushers in the new covenant, putting away the old. Uh, that's why we celebrate communion. We recognize boldly and bluntly we're under a new covenant. Don't mix the covenants. It'll get you confused and into trouble. That's why so many people have a hard time believing in God, because believers are, are quoting old covenant teaching as if it's something we ought to do and listen to when we don't. We listen to the law of the life of Christ in us. Can we learn from the Old Testament? You better believe it. It reveals Jesus. So yes, we go there to find Jesus, but we got to take Jesus with us. 
Do you remember? It's Jesus who said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's Jesus who recognized that until that point in history, when he said that, that was the very first time that uh, uh, God the Father was fully revealed to humans. And so, the writers did not have a complete picture. They had an incomplete picture, and they wrote from that. Um, it was not the Old Testament does not have a clear, complete, accurate picture of who our Heavenly Father is. Jesus is. Jesus is the one we listen to for that. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and then when He did, ushered in a brand new covenant. It's beautiful. So, what does forgiveness look like under the new covenant? A covenant of grace. We forgive because we have been forgiven. Uh, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, all teaching on forgiveness comes from a grace perspective, okay? Because there are some things that are confusing. You wonder, wait a minute, but the Bible says this, the Bible says that. Yes, for those difficult texts, it means we need to take more time and dig deeper and study what else it could mean. Where's the cultural context? Who is he speaking to? What does the original language say? What did it mean back then versus today? Translations change. So it, when it speaks of our sins, it's also speaking of our sins in the past under the new covenant. I've read this before, but I want to share it one more time from William Barclay. Uh, again, this is a very powerful quote. It's called, The Pardon Was for Our Benefit. Listen carefully. The effect of the cross, at least in this sphere of, Paul, of, of the thought of Paul, was on man, not God. The effect of the cross was on man, not God. The effect of the cross changed not the heart of God, but the heart of man. It was man who needed to be reconciled, not God. It is entirely against all Pauline thought to think of Jesus Christ pacifying an angry God or to think that in some way God's wrath was turned to love and God's judgment was turned to mercy because of something which Jesus did. When we look at it in Paul's way, it was man's sin which was turned to penitence, man's rebellion which was turned to surrender, man's enmity which was turned to love by the sacrificial love of Christ Jesus upon the cross. It cost the cross to make that change in the hearts of men. Yes, don't forget God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Where was he? In Christ. When did it happen? At the cross. God did not turn his back on his son. He did not separate himself from, it, from him. That's an impossibility. So, this begs another New Testament text that has caused a lot of difficulty in people. And it's a, there, there is this threat uh, in Matthew 6. Uh, you say the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you read through it and you get your amen part. But it's the very next verse, that or two verses, that is causing and has caused a great deal of difficulty among believers and caused people to see a mixed message of how do we take this? Jesus did say this, did he or didn't he? Well, he did, but our English translations read it to us like this. Tell me if this is a reminder to you, if you remember this. In Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. What? 
I just thought we did, we just did two shows on on the absolute and complete forgiveness of God towards us. So what can this possibly mean? That, that this should concern you and I. The message translation reads it like this. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Now, that is powerful. Uh, This translation, the message, which is more of a paraphrase, but it's a thought for thought. It says, I'm going to reread that carefully because you'll need to hear this. And there's, there's a couple more things coming that are going to be very, very helpful for this text. It says, you can't get forgiveness from God, comma, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. And I believe it's speaking to the experience of forgiveness. So, Let's take a look at a couple things that could be going on here that uh, you may not be aware of. I, one way to view this text is like I, uh, what I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the program, that uh, there's an old covenant, a new covenant, and Jesus was speaking as an old covenant teacher. He was still speaking under the system of law. So that is one way, and I think that perspective is legit. Uh, I thought it was, when I first heard it, I thought that's the only perspective because nothing else makes sense, but I have an additional one that makes sense uh, alongside of it. So first of all, how do we approach this? Jesus was speaking from the perspective of the law. The cross hadn't happened yet. So uh, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you was a mindset of Jewish thought. That's one way way to see it, but there may be a better way to understand. This is by going back to the original languages, the culture, the context, understanding Hebrew thought and culture, maybe translation issues. Is there enough in Scripture speaking on this topic that causes us to study further? I believe there is. I believe it, there's a, there seems to be a great contradiction. It doesn't seem to jive with everything else Jesus taught. Perhaps, perhaps, if we can understand this in the language that was spoken in that day, Aramaic. The Aramaic understanding of the Lord's Prayer has far more intimate implications and a much deeper understanding. When I first heard this, this was this kind of blew my mind. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'll still be able to get this uh, prayer into you for, in the first half of the program, but the second half of the program, we're gonna kind of digest it and, and go through it a little more carefully. But I want to read to you the Lord's Prayer from an Aramaic version. Okay, from the uh, language that Jesus spoke. We have many of our manuscripts or, or, or texts from the scriptures are in Greek, but there's also Aramaic. Aramaic is the language they spoke. So here, listen to this. Tell me, tell me if you can catch the difference and perhaps more beauty in the Lord's Prayer from this lens. Listen carefully. Beloved Father, who fills all realms, may you be honored in me. Let your divine rule come now. Let your will come true in all the universe, in the heavens and on earth. Give us all that we need for each day and untangle the knots of unforgiveness that bind us within, as we also let go of the guilt of others. Let us not be lost in superficial things, but let us be free from that 
what keeps us from our true purpose. From you comes all rule, the strength to act, and the song that beautifies all from age to age. Amen. That is a beautiful, beautiful prayer. It's, it's beautiful writing. Let me go to the forgiveness section because that's the section we want to compare. Because in the Lord's Prayer, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, who you know, have debts against us or, and so on. In the Aramaic translated in English, it would say, untangle the knots of unforgiveness that bind us within as we also let go the guilt of others. That is a beautiful, beautiful way to write it. So let's take a look at this um, beautiful prayer and realize that there is probably a direct link to the verse that when Jesus said, if you don't forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive you yours. I think we need to take a look at the Lord's Prayer and especially from Aramaic and find a connection between those two because I think the prayer uh, gives the interpretation for us. I think we're going to find that the meaning of untie the knots or unchain the fetters, which is what we're going to hear. Because I'm going to read you another first century Aramaic prayer when we come back in the second half of our program. And then I'm going to spell it out for you. It's going to be very, very hope filled. So if you've ever wondered, oh, am I forgiven? The scriptures clearly declare you are forgiven. So what's with this threat that if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us? I think there's a better way to understand it, and I'm going to go with this one. So don't go away. We'll be right back after you hear a few words from our sponsors, and I, I thank all those who make this show possible. Uh, every single person that's contributed has made this program possible. So we'll see you back in just a few minutes. Thanks for tuning in. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. Um, we are walking through the Lord's Prayer now from a uh, translation variation from first century Aramaic, the language Jesus spoke. I just read to you, uh, there's a couple versions you can find online uh, of this Aramaic prayer, but this next one I think is going to help make the Lord's Prayer clearer, but also the threatening verse that says, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. That's going to find a, uh, a better language and a better understanding in just a few moments. Listen to this prayer. I'm not going to read the Aramaic words because I can't pronounce them, but here is another version of it. Listen carefully. O thou from whom the breath of life comes, who fills all realms of sound, light, and vibration, may your light be experienced in my utmost holiest. Your heavenly domain approaches. Let your will come true. 
in the universe, all that vibrates, just as on earth, that is material and dense. Give us wisdom, understanding, and assistance for our daily need. Detach the fetters of faults that bind us, karma, like we let go the guilt of others. Let us not be lost in superficial things like materialism, common temptations, but let us be freed from that what keeps us off from our true purpose. From you comes the all-working will, the lively strength to act, the song that beautifies all and renews itself from age to age. Sealed in trust, faith, and truth, I confirm with my entire being. (laughs) There is something there. If you didn't catch it, I'm going to point it out. It has to do with detach the fetters of faults that bind us like we let go the guilt of others. Let me give you an answer to what I think this means, especially in light of that threatening verse we were talking about earlier. So this idea, detach the fetters of faults that bind us like we let go of the guilt of others. I think here is your here is the freeing, hope-filled perspective worth considering. And it says here, and if you don't forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you can be better understood like this. Here we go. If you don't unfetter the chains on others, I won't do it for you. This is very different than holding back conditional forgiveness. This is good news. So perhaps the way it's translated um, misses the heart of what the Aramaic language is trying to say. Perhaps this idea of unfettering the chains that as we let go of the guilt of others, I believe as we come to fully understand God's forgiveness of us, we can more freely forgive others and find tremendous freedom in that. But we may have faulty understandings, uh, misconceptions of what forgiveness is and isn't. And that's why we're hindered to forgive. To, to forgive others. It hurts us when we don't forgive. The other person's off scot-free, running around in a playground, having fun, not a, knowing a single thing what's going on in our head. We're the ones that need to let go. Not let go as in let them off the hook, but let go of the control and surrender them to God and say, forgive. And I'll show you how to do that in the weeks to come, because this is such a big topic. It can't be answered in a very quick cookie cutter uh, type of format. So this Aramaic lens completely opens up a better meaning. It may not be so much about which covenant it was written in, but rather the passion and heart of the true Son of God speaking from the deepest and purest form of truth known to mankind, agape. This is coming from love. There shouldn't be a worry of a threat. God doesn't threaten us. He loves us. Anything that was a threat to us, He's taken care of. And if He's angry about things... He is angry at those things that harm his creation. He's not angry at you. I don't believe that's impossible because of what he has done. My goodness, there's there's so much good news that needs to be shared with people. I wish today we could find a way to revisit some of the hurts in our lives. I've gone through much hurt in my life, and I'll share my story in in a program coming up soon. But there, there are so many instances in my own life where I've allowed anger, I've allowed bitterness to govern my emotions. I just surrender to them. I just let them be. Um, 
Uh, I've allowed myself to dislike people. And the Holy Spirit has taken time and had been so gentle with me. And by the way, I pray that often. I always pray, God, please be gentle with me because I'm, I'm brittle. I really am. And uh, uh, he's been gentle. The Holy Spirit's been gentle as I've, I've looked at un, unchaining people. I didn't realize that I'm being held back because their chains are on me. It's kind of what this prayer is kind of saying. I need to unhook the tether that has been put on to me. So when people hurt me, it's almost like a tether is being put on to you from each person that hurts. And God's saying, let go, untether, let go. If you don't, he's not doing it for you. Only you can do that. He'll be the one who inspires you. He'll be the one who gives you the strength to untether, untach, detach the fetters. <laughs> you are free. Set other people free. I know sometimes... It feels good to watch other people reel. Sometimes it feels good to um, be angry at somebody, you know, let them fail and you feel good because they've hurt you so much. That's not the heart of Christ at all. What does it look like? Let me tell you, I don't know. I, I am working through my own stuff in my own life. I've got many great stories of freedom and how it has caused my heart to melt and become a far more forgiving person. I may still react angrily at people when they hurt me uh, intentionally or unintentionally. My reactions, my reaction does not always reflect my heart. My reactions reflect the patterns I've been used to. And that goes for you too. Even our reactions to our, our children, to our spouses, to people at work, um, those reactions can change. And God wants to change our hearts by changing our beliefs. And when we believe differently, first of all, we believe differently that we are forgiven. Because if you have a millisecond moment believing you are not forgiven at any given moment, you suddenly have a mindset of lack. There's something lacking or there's shame, there's guilt that consumes you. If that is in your mindset, that is hindering you from grace. Yes, hindering you from receiving or believing grace. You have it, but you're not able to experience it because there's, a, there's a, a, a blindness there. There's a veil in the way. Jesus is taking the veil out of the way. Maybe your eyes are cloudy. Or like we read in First Peter or Second Peter 2, where it says, uh, you've already forgotten your sins have been forgiven. You've become unproductive and useless. Well, that's because maybe you have forgotten. Maybe you didn't know, but now you do. You are forgiven, you are clean, you are holy, you are righteous, you are loved, you are liked, you are loved, you're accepted. This is good news. So let's dig into more good news. In the next couple of weeks, we are going to deal with a, a number of topics here. I'm just going to uh, share with you the kind of the outline for this series. Um, again, the very beginning, we expanded our understanding. I think we had a couple uh, sessions on uh, what is forgiveness. Then, of course, we talked about the source of forgiveness. It is Jesus. Jesus is not only our source, but he's the one who has already forgiven us. And when we realize that divinity lives in us, 
that we are consumed and possessed by divine love. It wakes us up to the truth. We have the capacity to love. We also have the capacity to forgive. But if you don't think you have that capacity, then you don't because that's what you believe. Every person will live out what they believe. If you don't believe God exists, you live like that. If you believe God's angry at you, you'll live like that. If you believe you're not forgiven, you're going to act like that. And you're going to beg God for something that is already yours. Stop praying uh, uh, an incomplete or unbiblical truth. Dear God, forgive me. You don't have to pray for that. You can in- Instead, I ask you to confess. Confess means to agree with. So when I confess and I pray to God when I have done something wrong, I'll say, Father, what I just did is not um, uh, compatible with my identity. It's inconsistent with who I really am. I confess that was a sin. I also confess I am forgiven. I am clean. That is a more beautiful confession. Oh, yeah. And that will cause you to change your thinking and your behaviors. So, the idea then of uh, showing from the scriptures that we are forgiven, that was laid out for the last couple of weeks. Uh, next week, we're going to dig into the idea of why we need to forgive. Uh, why is it so important? And it's going to be very encouraging. Then we get into a very exciting part, probably the greatest meat and potatoes part, is what forgiveness is not. And some of us are going to be very shocked at some of the misconceptions we have been led to believe. And uh, you're going to find freedom in just that. Then we're going to get into what forgiveness is. Then we're going to talk about reasons we don't forgive. And of course, we're going to get into how to forgive uh, in a very practical, down-to-earth way. I believe this is one of the biggest issues in believers' lives. If it's not between you and your Heavenly Father, it's definitely something between you and others and forgiving them. And I want to address this topic and lay it out so more and more people can walk in joy and in freedom and realize they're not bound to sin. They're free from it because you have been rescued from it, from that dominion. You are now alive. So join me again next time as we dig into um, why we need to forgive. Looking forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye. Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars in Guelph is not your typical used car lot. Customers who shop there get the insider treatment, especially when buying from the insider man, Rod Sider. Rod will help you select a late model car, truck, van, or SUV from their large selection of vehicles, and he'll work with your budget. Call the insider man at 519-836-2900, extension 287, or visit Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars at the corner of Whitelaw Road and Highway 24, Guelph, and ask for the insider man family run family owned so their focus is on you conestoga lodge retirement residence is a full service retirement home in kitchener and you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain they're quality driven with a focus on each and every individual conestoga lodge offers permanent and short-term stays to book a free no obligation tour you can call 519-576 2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 1130 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 1030 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. 
You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.